0: Hi, I'm Jared Burns, and you're listening to Stump the Preacher, a podcast where we explore how Christianity and the Bible intersect with our deepest questions and our daily lives. In each episode, I address a submitted question to help you find Bible-based, Christ-centered answers to what's on your mind. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I love helping you search for them. So join me today as we research another question. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stump the Preacher. Today, we're going to dive into a question that I'm seeing hotly debated on social media. Of course, that really doesn't narrow it down because we live in a a day and age where everything is debated on social media. I think that's about all that happens on there anymore. People arguing over this or that, and I'm just sitting over here putting out Bible teaching content and wishing everybody would have a Snickers and calm down. But one of the questions I've seen debated is over whether or not a Christian has to go to church. Does a Christian have to go to church? And just in the interest of full disclosure, uh, this question, nobody submitted it to me as a question for the podcast. It's one that I have been asked before. It's one that I've been asked numerous times before, but I decided to tackle it here just because i've seen it being debated so much and i know the question probably is out there in people's minds does a christian have to go to church and the question seems to have been made a lot more common by the debates over covid 19 with so many churches moving to online services people very early on were saying as christians we can't stop meeting other people were coming on the the other side of that argument and saying, no, 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 gathering doesn't matter at all. We can do this all online. As a matter of fact, there seem to be some people who'd be happy with doing it all online from here on out. Uh, both of those, I think, are probably a little extreme, a little beyond what Scripture says. So I think it's important for us to go and look at what the Bible says, especially about some of these Scriptures that have been thrown around to justify one opinion or the other. Now, one of the things that I've seen during this time is that there are some people out there who believed even before COVID, but especially now with with COVID, they have believed for a long time that you don't have to go to church because you can worship anywhere. And I would say that that statement from a biblical standpoint is half true. Uh, We can worship from anywhere. We should worship anywhere. Uh, We should worship all the time wherever we are. But the statement that we don't have to go to church, we don't have to be a part of the church, because we can worship anywhere is uh, is not true. We should worship all the time. We should worship on our own all the time, but as I've said many times from the pulpit, there's something special about the opportunity that we get each week to come together and worship together. And the more we've worshiped outside of this place, it uh, it makes that gathering even more special. But I've seen Matthew 18:20 quoted a lot on social media as people get into this debate Uh, if you're not familiar with that passage uh, at least by reference it says for where two or three are gathered together in my name i am there in the midst of them now the idea that i've seen thrown around is that because whenever two or three of us are gathered jesus is there we have this promise from him in matthew chapter 18 we don't need to go to church we don't need to be a part of the church we can stay home and do it and if there's two of us there um, then then that's enough jesus is there And it's sort of used as this proof text that says, well, we don't have to be a part of the church. The gathered church doesn't really matter. But for us to get that interpretation from that verse, we have to completely divorce the verse from its context. And one of the things I always emphasize at my church is context, context, context. It's kind of like real estate, except instead of being location, it's context. Always look For the context and see what is a verse about before you just pull it out at random and make it say whatever you want it to so if you look at matthew 18 in a broader sense beyond just that one verse you realize that that verse comes at the end of a section where jesus is talking about church discipline he's outlining the steps that the church is supposed to go through if there's somebody who's a part of the church who is living in open, unrepentant sin. It doesn't mean every single little sin. It means, you know, we as Christians sin from time to time, and the expectation is that we're going to deal with God, we're going to repent, we're going to get up, we're not going to wallow in it. But when somebody wallows in the sin, when somebody adopts it as a lifestyle, when somebody goes back to the old way of living, the expectation from Jesus is that the church then is going to intervene, that the church is going to, call this person to repent, that the church is going to plead with this person to help them understand the gravity, the seriousness of the sin. And it's a familiar passage to a lot of people where Jesus says, go to that person, and if they won't hear you, then then take two or three others and go to this person. And if that doesn't work, take them before the church. And it's at the end of that section of Scripture that he says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So what this section is about, it's corresponding to the biblical requirement for multiple people to plead with this unrepentant sinner. And it also corresponds to the Bible's requirement that it takes multiple witnesses to bring a charge against someone in the church, that you need more than just one person's word against the other. So if somebody has committed some grave sin, it's, it's not just enough that one person saw them. There's got to be multiple witnesses but people will use verse 20 there for where two or three are gathered. They will use it as a pretext to say that the church is not necessary because two or three of us can do this at home. But when you look at the passage in its context, when you look at that verse in its context of what Jesus was really saying, it's not at all saying the church is unnecessary. It is literally saying the opposite. This verse is affirming the role of the church. It is pointing to the necessity of the church in the life of the believer it is part of a passage that is outlining the steps part of some of the steps that the church takes to help disciple and discipline believers so it's not just that verse 20 is not about the unimportance of the church it's that verse 20 is part of a passage that says the exact opposite of what people are pointing it out to be oh it's okay if we're not part of the church because two or three of us can do this on our own no It's saying you need the church. And we see that thread run all throughout the New Testament. You know, the whole New Testament assumes that the church is going to gather, that the church is going to assemble, that Christians are supposed to come together in community. That's why we see books of scripture written by and large, not to individuals, but to the churches, to the churches in Galatia, to the church at Rome, to the church at Philippi, to the church at Corinth, to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Thessalonica, and so on and so forth. The assumption there is that the church is going to gather together and be the church. The idea of a Lone Ranger Christian that says, I can do it on my own or with just one or two other people, is foreign to the New Testament. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts describes them meeting daily. It wasn't just a Sunday morning thing for the early church. They met daily. It describes them meeting house to house. They were part of each other's regular daily lives. That's not just a couple people meeting in a house. That was groups from the church getting together house to house daily. The New Testament describes regular fellowship as part of the church. And even the word for church tells us that Christians are supposed to gather. The word church, uh, the Greek word for it is ekklesia, which means an assembly, a congregation, a gathering, Really, the only times we see it used in the New Testament outside of a reference to the church, Uh, there's a reference in the book of Acts to a mob that gets together and comes after some believers. But you know what? They were gathered in one place. The whole idea of the ecclesia or the church is a gathered group of people. So there's no question, if we look at this biblically, that the church is important in the New Testament the church is important in the life of a believer. You know what importance not strong enough a word. The church is essential in the life of a believer. So let's look at the other side of this where I've seen people throw out Hebrews 10:25. Hebrews 10:25 says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now some people have used that to say there's no excuse for us to stop meeting, which has caused people to um, run into all sorts of conflicts with COVID going on and some of the restrictions placed in some states. Here in our state, there were voluntary recommendations made to the churches, and most of us followed suit just out of a a desire to take care of our people and the community. So the restrictions were not quite as as tough. But in some states, I know they have been just about prevented from meeting. And some people have said it's, it's wrong for us to be prevented from meeting. It's wrong for us to choose not to, to meet. I know a lot of pastors, I, I didn't personally, but a lot of pastors caught flack for suspending the in-person gatherings because we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But I think we need to look at this passage in context, or this verse in context as well. And to do that, it helps to go back to verse 23, Hebrews ten twenty three through 25. And we can see what the writer of Hebrews is really talking about. He wrote, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this passage is about more than just missing a service. You know, if you get sick and stay home from church, you're not violating Hebrews 10:25. This is about the deliberate choice to withdraw from the fellowship of the body as a matter of habit. Because even in their day, even in the the first century, there were people who professed to be Christians who said, no, I think I'll do this by myself. This is not about every time we miss a service. And I would say a temporary closure for COVID-19 is Not much different from a weather related closure when we do that for safety. Some of you may not know what that is, but here in Oklahoma, I have canceled services when it looked like there was a great likelihood of tornadoes. I have canceled services when the ice on the roads is so thick that people are going to get hurt to get out and try to get to church. You know, for these matters of public safety, we will occasionally close temporarily. And I don't think uh, the, the decision to close or to go online only because of COVID-19 in order to keep people safe, I don't think it's qualitatively different from one of those weather-related closures. Uh, the The only real difference is the length. And the real issue for us here in closing or not closing or missing or not missing, the real issue is our intentions and our motivations. Now, if we have to miss church because of COVID-19 or something else, My question to you would be, do you long to be there? If you're out of church, but you want to be there, congratulations, I don't believe you're forsaking the assembling of of yourselves together. You're not just letting it go by the wayside. But if you're grateful for the excuse not to gather, then there's a problem. Because if it's that latter part, if it's being grateful for the excuse not to gather, then in our hearts, we're forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As a matter of fact, I think you can forsake the assembling of yourselves together while you're gathered together. If you're physically there, but in your heart, you'd rather not be there. You've already forsaken the assembling of yourselves together. So I just want to make it clear. I don't believe this passage is talking about every time we miss a service. I believe it's talking about our attachment to this group of people, to this community of believers that God has placed us in, that God has made us part of so that we can to use a cliche that I get tired of hearing, so that we can do life together. Because God never intended us as Christians to do this alone. He designed the church to equip us. He designed the church to encourage us. He designed the church to challenge us when we need it. And Hebrews 10 talks about being a part of the body, being attached to this fellowship of believers, to the community that you're a part of, for that reason. But there has to be some gathering. There has to be some fellowship for that to happen In a meaningful way now that fellowship may be temporarily halted because of things outside our control but we should not be making the deliberate decision to forsake the assembling of ourselves together we should not be making the deliberate decision to detach ourselves from that fellowship and from that community that's more of what hebrews chapter 10 is is talking about from my understanding of it so having looked at a couple of the verses that i see tossed around Uh, often incorrectly in these debates over church and whether we should have it or not have it, whether it's important or not important. Having looked at those and hopefully given you some biblical context to them, let's go back to the original question. Does a Christian have to go to church? And I would say it depends on what we mean by have to. Uh, Do we have to go to church to be saved? No, I, I don't believe the Bible teaches that at all. The Bible is far too clear in far too many places that our salvation depends on the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It, it, our salvation depends on the grace of God, not on Him taking our attendance. So do we have to go to church to be saved? Biblically, the answer is no. Do we have to go to church to be obedient? Absolutely, because He told us to be part of the body. And one of the ways we are part of the body is to gather with the body. So do we have to go to church to be obedient? Absolutely. Do we have to go to church to grow in our faith? Well, it sure helps because that's what the church was designed for. We were not designed to do this on our own. And I I see people saying, well, I don't need the church. I can stay home and watch it on YouTube. Listen, technology is a great addition to the ministry of the church for equipping saints. I don't deny that you're listening to me on a podcast. I host multiple podcasts. I was broadcasting church services on Facebook Live long before anybody had ever heard of coronavirus. Okay, put all these videos on YouTube. I'm a big believer in using technology to increase the the reach of the Word of God. But if your plan is just to stay home and watch it on YouTube from now on, I mean, it's fine as a stopgap measure while we cannot meet for safety, but if your plan is just to, from now on, well, I'll stay home and watch it on YouTube, I'm going to tell you, you're missing out on something that God has designed in order to help you flourish as a Christian relationally with other believers. It is not the same thing. I appreciate you listening to my podcasts. I appreciate if you watch the the videos on YouTube or Facebook Live or on my website. I appreciate if you read my books, any any of the media that I put out. But I'm here to tell you, it is not the same thing as being connected to a genuine in-person Christian community. Christians are designed to be part of the church. We are designed to be connected, to be attached to a local community of believers, both for our own good, for our own growth and for God's glory so do you have to as a Christian go to church depends on what you mean by have to in order to be saved no but in order to live the Christian life the way God designed you to you better believe you need to be part of the church the New Testament makes it clear that that's the way God designed it and Lone Ranger Christianity just doesn't fit with what the Bible teaches about how he wants us to grow and serve now that's all the time I have today for stump the preacher If we can help direct you to a Bible-believing church in your area that you can be part of and where you can grow, let us know, and we'll do our best to try to find some place to get you connected. Or you can submit a question, and we might be able to cover it on a future episode. You can do all of that by visiting us online at StumpThePreacherPodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next time here on Stump the Preacher. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Stump the Preacher. If you have a question you'd like us to consider for a future episode, just visit us online at stumpthepreacherpodcast.com and use our contact form to submit it. You can also find more Bible teaching from me on my website, jaredburns.com, or on my other podcast, Rejoicing in Truth, a daily program available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other podcatchers.